Hello and welcome to Modern Homemakers. I'm Leah Parker and I'm here with Donna, the author of nine books. And we are continuing on the um, message of staying. And I'm interested to hear what we have in store today. Oh, thank you, Leah. That's so sweet. Um, it's interesting when you say nine books because I think, oh my gosh, that was almost another another era. <laughs> but as I mentioned in a recent podcast that I think is about to be <clears throat> Uh, the early part of this semester, that the stay-at-home mom book was really, when I look back, I wrote on organization and on mentoring. Uh, the stay-at-home mom book was really a project that tipped the scales for me, I think, in my whole life. And we're going to, this next month, give away... The title of the book was The Stay-at-Home Mom. They retitled it, uh, same book, called Loving Life as an At-Home Mom. And we're going to give away, I don't know, I think we have 60 or 70 of those books. So listen up and we'll find out how we're going to give them away. Between Leah and I, we'll be able to find a clever way to give these books to you. So today I want to talk about staying the course with endurance. It takes endurance to stay the course. So what do you know about endurance? What do you know about endurance? I am not the physical, wait, I'm gonna ask Leah. Leah, you are very physically fit. You are, you take very good care of yourself, I admire it. And I know that you golf mm -hmm. and I have golfed with people not golfed i've never golfed but i've walked with people i've ridden the car i've ridden the cart with people mm -hmm. it takes a lot of so what do you know about endurance when it comes to physical endurance physical endurance has to be trained it's not something that you can walk out and just go i am going to jog six miles today i mean maybe <laughs> you're physically able to do that but you're not going to feel good doing it mm -hmm. so it's something to build up to um, another thing about physical endurance is it takes intention. It takes setting a goal and saying, I'm going to stay out here for 30 minutes and then I'm gonna stretch it to 40 minutes and so on and so forth. And it also takes care. You have to um, nurture yourself well. So. Excuse me, would you just don't like to teach? I have three other points all together, but now, <laughs> now I have six points. That's wonderful. Train intention and care and the care is um what we were talking about last time we were together being there what does it take to be there for someone what does it take to be there for yourself is taking good care of yourself i did not learn that as early as you did could, could you just give me one sentence on how you learn to take good care of yourself uh, how who what typically mistakes Feeling, oh. I, you know, you know my history that I've had I quite do. a few surgeries, and it was out of not taking care of myself. To begin with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
and with moist eyes I hear you say that and see you say that and I understand that and every time I've ever tried one of those things I've hurt myself so I under, <laughs> I do understand that part of it well endurance um, while while Leah has just given us three points I'm going to give you three other points it requires a commitment it requires a commitment endurance is not an app you just don't put it on your phone and say, okay, now I have endurance. Uh, it's what uh, Leah said when she said it was intentional. And this is a phrase I never understood until I prepared this lesson. No pain, no gain. And I always thought that was kind of a mean thing. Like, they wanted me to have pain, or the, what is that really possibly? But the truth is that there are some, I'll explain that a little bit further down, but there are some evidences that without some essential pain, difficulty, hardness, pushing through, all those words, not from the first step to the last step, but from infinitesimal steps that get you from the first step to the last step. So I want to talk about endurance and that it requires a commitment. And in 2 Corinthians, uh, we find Paul writing, and he says, For just as the sufferings of Christ are abundant for us, so also our consolation is abundant through Christ. If we are being afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation. If we are being consoled, it is for your consolation which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we have also endured. Oh my gosh. Right there in God's Word, He reminds us that endurance has something to do with suffering. Suffering is essential. Suffering is essential. Now, where do you want to go to have someone say to you, hey, you want this, you have to suffer? This is not our culture. Our culture denies that. What we can do, the easiest way we can do it. And I don't have to give you the statistics. You could probably watch them on television for as many commercials that offer medications to relieve you from physical pain and how easy it is to do that. In my 30s, I was a runner. Um, everybody was running in those decades. And I was training for my first race and building endurance. So I was pretty unsure about what endurance, endurance really looked like. And I said to my husband, I want to get the exact course. He said, what do you mean by that? I said, well, I want to go on the exact course that the, run, the race is going to be run. And he said, well, honey, you don't have to do that. Now, my husband's been a runner for decades marathons, half marathons. I'm running a 5K. For those of you who don't know what that means, that's 6.2 miles. Um, and Leah's right. You could probably, if you have some physical endurance at all, you could probably go out and run a 5K without training for it. But I was perseverating on it and training on it. And I went to the sponsor of the race and I said, could I get a copy of the course? And I ran the course before I ran the race. Now, that was a little over-endurance, I'm sure of it. Um, but when we look at the Scripture, he remarkably shows us, especially in the New Covenant, that our yes should be yes and our no should be no, and that what we say yes to, we should do. So often, we say yes too quickly. 
Lee and I have been talking about a project that's going to require some yeses. And that project, um, we need to be careful that we say yes to the place that we're supposed to have a part in it. And maybe we're going to do it together, or maybe we're going to do it with others. But you have to be sure, and I've talked about this many times here at Homemakers, um, that you've closed your exits. And when your exit is closed, you can't get off. And when it comes to building endurance, when it comes to staying, you have to recognize that your exit is closed. That means you can't get off. And I know you've heard me tell this story if you've been at all a part of Homemakers these last 15 or 16 years. But it happened to me physically. I'm driving down the highway, and it said, next exit closed. And I very brashly thought, oh, they mean everyone except local traffic. Because, you know, you see that little sign, exit closed except for local traffic. So I stayed in the right lane because I was going to get off because I'm local traffic. And when I got closer, it said exit closed. And when I got to be able to see the exit, it was exit closed. I could not get off. I've never forgotten that moment. Because that is the exact picture of what I've been asking women to do for the last 35 years of my life. Close your exit. Did you say yes to this man, but he's a stinker? You closed your exit. But he's done things wrong. That's what forgiveness is for. But he's, yes, there are a few reasons in this world, wide, wide world that we should not stay married, especially if there's physical brutality any kind of brutality. But the reality is that most of us don't understand what it means to close our exit and stay. Our culture does not help us build endurance for staying. It lets us off the hook. The culture doesn't offer to stay with you. The culture doesn't offer to to promise to be with you. The culture offers us plays that our trust lens are cracked. We make a commitment. That person trusts this commitment that we've made, and their lens becomes cracked when we say yes, we say the big yes, and then we don't actually fulfill it. So closing your exits on marriage, on the places that you have made choices, on parenting. Yes, I'll never forget the first time I heard a young woman say to me, I'm leaving my two children. I had heard of men leaving their children. I had never, to that point, this must be at least 30 years ago, a young woman came to me and she said, I, I, I don't want those children. I'm not sure I ever wanted those children. And I'm leaving my children. I can barely say that this many years later. Um, what a painful decision she had to make What a painful decision that she didn't make when she said yes to having children and recognizing what children were going to cause, what they were going to do to her, what they were going to cost, what they were going to do to their marriage, what they were going to do to her home. It it, it just was beyond her comprehension. So when we talk about staying, part of what we're going to be talking about is the preparation for the yes. And it takes endurance 
to be able to say yes and know that you can do it. So what do you know about marriage when you say, yes, I'll marry you? What do you know about child rearing? What do you know about relationship with friends? What do you know about making a commitment, joining a church and saying, I'm a member? And you're only a member there until things don't go the way you want, and then you leave. I know that COVID was a primary reason why people left the church, but it was not the primary reason why they didn't go back to the church. I have heard story after story after story. Well, decades later, I can tell you that staying matters. It matters to God. It matters to me. It matters to David. It matters to our family. It matters to our friends. It matters to our community. It matters to our communi- our congregation. Staying matters and making a commitment and watching your endurance grow through that staying process is a very important part of why we stay. Now, I said to you, endurance is not an app. <laughs> and I foolishly went to my telephone to count how many apps I have on my phone. I'm going to say it out loud because I think I should be embarrassed. I have 103 apps. Is that too many, Leah? I have no idea. I've, I've never counted my apps. Well, I think you might do that while you're listening to me. <laughs> See if you have more than I do. But applications are easy to download. And I've noticed that sometimes if I want to buy something from someone, I have to load their app before they'll let me buy it. I still don't understand that, but that's another day's conversation. So I will download an app to buy something, and then I have an app on my phone that I'm not committed to at all. An app, an application, is an appetizer. It's a starter. You, you, you start it. I put it on. I may use it. I may not use it. There's no endurance needed in a mobile application. There's no endurance in a game that you play on your... It's not endurance. You have to practice it, yes, but it has nothing to do... My favorite, oh, I guess I have to say it out loud, my favorite author of all times, next to Elizabeth Elliot, is Eugene Peterson. And one of the first books I ever read of his was A Long Obedience in the Same direction. A long obedience in the same direction. And Elizabeth often said anything that was an instant obedience was disobedience. Now, I thought she took that grace piece a little far there. But at some place, I understand that when I don't say yes to things I've already said yes to in a broad way, all right? So what have I said yes to in a broad way? God, I said, I'm going to follow you for all the days of my life. I'm going to follow you. Now, there are times when Christ asks me to do things that I'd just rather not do. But I've already said my yes. So in a way, as Elizabeth said, if I don't do it, if I'm, I'm not instantly abiding in it, then it does look like disobedience because I've already said yes to it. But I think we can be instant can be a misnomer. We can pray about things and think about things. And sometimes we are able to move things about. Laud Montgomery in her wonderful series of Anne of Green Gable books, and if you've not read them yourself, and if you're a woman, I would encourage you to. If you have a child, read them aloud. There are even... um, What's it called? Anne of Green Gables something uh, shows on television, which are wonderful. Anne a with series. an E. 
Anne with an Eve. Yes, that's one of them. And then there's an earlier one um, called Anne of Green Gables. The promises I make to myself, Anne says, are the most important promises. I, I love that. The promises she makes to herself are the most important ones because she's the one she's disappointing. She's the one who's letting herself get off easy. We gain endurance in a continual effort. We let our yes be yes and our no be no, and we continue to grow in endurance. I think the promises I make to myself, hmm, maybe I don't use the word promise, but how many times have I said, I'm going to, to myself, or maybe to a close friend, and then I don't. That has a way of eroding my confidence, eroding my confidence in myself. It has a way of eroding confidence that people have in me if I say I'm going to do something and I don't do it. I can remember my daughter, who's now 53 years old, saying to me, Mom, just because you said you had to do it, you don't have to do it. I'm still hearing, just saying it back to you, I'm still, a moment of speechlessness. What do you mean? Just because you say you don't have to do it. When I was a very, very new follower of Jesus Christ, I read, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And then I reread it, and then I understood its context. And I recognized that that for me no matter what that meant. And I discovered that if I was careful, sometimes I didn't say a yes to something I didn't really want to do. But often, if I got myself carelessly, I'd say, oh, yes, I'll do that. And because God had given me a deep desire to be a woman who said yes and then followed through, I learned to not say yes so casually. Lastly, no pain, no gain. Suffering is essential. Well, it turns out there's a real truth in that. There's real truth in that. The, and I'm going to read this. The production of lactic acid actually plays a role in creating more blood flow to the muscles so that you gain more strength and endurance for the next time. So yes, no pain, no gain is true for activities such as running, swimming, lifting rates. When you begin to use a new set of muscles, your muscles get stronger and you don't feel the pain. You have brought your muscles into a new season. So this physical conclusion is absolutely the same. It's absolutely the same. Uh, I have a, a love for rabbis and the rabbinic students who find things in Old Covenant that I don't find very often. And the phrase, oh, my son, Absalom, my son, my son, Absalom, would I have died instead of you, oh, Absalom, my son, my son. These heart-wrenching words were spoken by David, King David, who I might say to you, King David's name is mentioned more in the Old and New Covenant than even Jesus. And Jesus himself is the son of the family, the Davidic family. So David's role in the scripture is enormous. 
And when he says this, I would have died instead of you. King David, who has known pain and loss and murder and immense disappointment, joy, exuberance, God's generosity, he is the one who says, my cup runneth over. And yet he says, oh, my son, Absalom, my son, my son, Absalom, would I have died instead of you? Oh, Absalom, my son, my son. The last point of there's no pain or gain is essential. Suffering is an essential part of the piece of endurance. We can push back, we can refuse, but suffering is essential. And I know, because I know myself as a human being, I do not stand to the first base and say, bring on suffering. Hello, I need more suffering, because if I don't get more suffering, I'm not going to be strong. In fact, suffering is essential. I want to say just a word of truth and caution to all of us. Following Jesus, saying the big yes to Jesus, what does that mean? What does it mean to follow someone that I will go with him? Does it mean it will all go well? That the bank will be full and successful? Because you're a Christian, your life will be full of blessings and no hurt and no pain. No, suffering comes to us. We are not immune to it. We live in a country that is experiencing great suffering. And because we live in this country, we will experience country. We will experience suffering awful also. Sorry, I got tongue-tied there. We will experience suffering because we live in America. We are not immune because we are Americans to suffering. Now, this is a little theological, uh, which I always try to give measurements of. But remember that Jesus said, in the world, you will have trouble. And that's because in this world, Christ lives, but also the spirit of the evil one lives, and he has power. Not all power, not final power, but he has power. And I promise you, he wants to use his power to harm us. I wonder how David might have behaved if, like those of us who have Bibles to read and know of the prodigal son and the welcome home party, how he might have changed some of his decisions. I believe that this was David's number three monumental sin, Bathsheba first. Did, did uh, Bathsheba, did you name your child Bathsheba? I've yet to meet a child whose name is Bathsheba. And the killing of Uriah and the unforgiveness of Absalom. Five years later, Absalom is fed up and he has created a coup to undermine his father and kill his father and take over the throne. David runs and hides, and the shepherds find that David's roots is quiet, that he remembers being in the fields, and he was a shepherd. And the resolve of David is that he comes around to his own humility and recognizes that he was no better than Absalom. The days passed, and David and his army are going back to take the kingdom, and it gets more complicated. But the end result is to kill Absalom. Loving, 
his son that day was perhaps the most magnificent act of David's magnificent act of David's life. Did he suffer? Yes. When he regained his life with God, he found prayer and humility and compassion and forgiveness. He returned to his love for God and his love for his son. In the stay-at-home mom book, now called the Loving Mom Book, Loving Life as an At-Home Mom, without telling my prim and proper husband, I sprinkled through that book um, the auto mottos. And one of those auto mottos is, when in doubt, stick it out. When in doubt, stick it out. It's kind of like no pain, no gain. Remember that staying brings great reward. Staying stops the leaving. Leaving is hard on someone, always. I don't care what you're leaving, if it's a small thing or a big thing. It's a parent-teacher organization, and they've counted on you to lead. Leaving is hard on the parent-teacher organization. It's hard on the teachers. It's hard on the principal. It's hard on the students. It's hard on the parents. Leaving brings hardness to a situation. Staying is hard also, but what staying does is build endurance. And when we have endurance, we can strike out to accomplish things that we cannot accomplish without endurance. So as we begin this series on staying, and we talk about staying in marriage and staying um, in God's design of what a home should look like and be, some of you will not like that because it will uh, say to you what God calls us to is less TV, less video, less technology, and more relational encounters. We talk about staying with discipline. You will say that's too hard and that takes too much time and I have so many things to do. And when I talk about staying with the roles that you committed to, which may mean you have to stop doing some things you later committed to, staying with your stewardship, staying in your home and your church and your community, staying with friends who have wounded you and hurt you. Part of staying, part of gaining endurance, includes a keen understanding of God's love and his willingness to forgive us and how he wants us to be like him, that we show God's love and we forgive others. So thank you for joining us at Homemakers, and thank you for looking forward to this Staying in a Leaving Culture series with me. Thank you for that, Donna. We are modern homemakers, and remember the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make today an uncommon day by staying the course with endurance.